Welcome to episode 120 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and nutrition. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing how to feel more comfortable as a new person who's intimidated at the gym, how to feel your glutes in squats and deadlifts, and how to address anterior pelvic tilt. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. What's up, Achievers? Episode 120. So um, I feel very patriotic because I just performed my civic duty of uh, <laughs> being dismissed from jury duty really early. Of being dismissed, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I reported to jury duty the first time, actually. Um, yeah, I used to actually be worried that Jason, like, wasn't... So, he somehow was, like, flying under the radar of the government. <laughs> I just thought, like, my parents were getting the mail and I was just, like... I had, like, racked up, like, a, like warrants and fines and all that. <laughs> so I was, like, half relieved, but half, like, oh, I'm not gonna go to jury duty. Um... <laughs> But I went, they, they, they dismissed me by like 10.30. Like I got there at 8 and uh, it, was, it was a pretty quick process actually. So yeah. it seemed a little bit more streamlined. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm very patriotic right now. There you go. <laughs> it's it's going to, I've been on a jury once and it was really, it was actually really, really fun. So we have a work travel coming up. So they dismissed you because of that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I said, because uh, we're speaking at, uh, I don't know, if any of you are listening, we're speaking at the FitCon Summit. If any of you are listening, <laughs> I hope that you are. <laughs> if any of you are if listening out there. and are in Utah and are going to the FitCon Summit, <laughs> we are uh, presenting there. Uh, we're presenting on how to build an innovative and, uh, yeah, building an innovative culture. I think that's the topic they assigned that's us. That's the topic. topic, yeah. <clears throat> we're, we're talking mostly on how to create culture and community within either your facility or just within your client base. Because um, yeah. a, a lot of the attendees are going to be personal trainers, not necessarily gym owners. And so how to go about creating, like cultivating a, a community within your client base yeah. um, as a personal trainer. Yeah. So, so we're excited about that. Um, and I gave him that reason. I was like, because you said that the case would start on Monday and would probably extend past Thursday into the following week. And I said I had a speaking engagement, and he kind of paused for a second, and he's like, "Okay, I'll I'll excuse you. It that doesn't seem essential, but it seems important to your business." I was like, "Yeah, it's important to my business. Like, <laughs> flights all booked, hotels all booked. Like, I'm not know. essential." <laughs> so, um, but I'm happy that I got off. Yeah. And, uh, but I, the, the case was kind of interesting. I want to talk about the case, but the case was kind of interesting. I was kind of like man, if I had a nine-to-five job, I actually would really enjoy this process. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of, like, intriguing. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's cool to be on that side of things. Um, well, definitely cooler to be on that side than to be <laughs> the one being persecuted yeah. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the one that I did, but that was kind of back when I didn't have as many responsibilities. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These days I would be a little bit more... More stressed out stressed, about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so we have three questions today that we're going to go over. The first one is from... I Leanner's 01. Um, and she said, how to overcome being new in the gym and feeling really intimidated? This, this is such a common question. This is the most common question, which is the whole reason, the whole like, the whole reason why we put the model together at Achieve. Like, how yeah. can we make the gym a lot less intimidating, a lot less of a place where you might feel judgment and insecure? Like, that's the whole thesis on which we built Achieve, right? Right. That was the impetus on like putting together our <laughs> business model. Um, but obviously, and and also on like how we like conduct ourselves on social media and everything like that yeah. too. But obviously not everybody 
has the luxury of going to a cheap fitness <laughs> <laughs> um, or to a gym that is that has like a, a welcoming atmosphere. Um, they are popping up more and more, which is really, really awesome to see. We love that. Um, but there definitely are more like of the conventional gym settings where it still feels really intimidating and it's not, you don't necessarily have friendly faces like saying hello to you and welcoming you and asking you if you need any help. Um, and yeah. so how to overcome that. Yeah. <clears throat> and we, we've gotten similar questions before um, through DM. You know, one of the first things that we try to point to is trying to find a workout buddy of some sort. And there's kind of like one of two ways to go about this. Approaching a friend who's more experienced in a weight room setting and they can kind of like show you the ropes a little bit. Or someone who's on an equal like foot as you and you guys are just trying to figure it out together almost. But just by the virtue of having someone that you're friends with, like both of you not knowing the same thing, it, it lends itself to being not as like a as a insecurity raising for some reason, yeah, right? It's definitely. just like, it's just like, oh, I'm just with my friend and we're just like doing this and it, it just seems a lot less intimidating that way. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's, if you have somebody in your life who would be willing to do that with you, absolutely. That would be my number one suggestion. It just feels, it, you will feel more fun. You'll be less focused. You'll feel more fun. You'll, <laughs> you'll have more fun. You'll be less focused on like people, other people around you because you're just focused on you and your friend. Um, as opposed to if you're by yourself looking around and being like, is that person looking at me? Totally. What's that person doing? Are they wondering what I'm doing? And so, and all those questions, they go through everyone's minds and yeah. it's, it would be easy for us to be like, just don't worry about it. Yeah. Like nobody's, nobody's thinking about you. Nobody's looking at you. Just don't worry about it. Get over it. But that's not actually helpful because we know that we know that those feelings are so real and they're totally, they're they can keep people from ever going to the gym because they're so strong. And so just to say like, oh, don't worry about it isn't really helpful advice. Yeah, because so. it's like, it's such a strong presence in your system. And yeah. I mean like, you know, I, it's not just the gym, right? It's like anytime you go into somewhere that's completely foreign, like everyone's going to have those similar feelings. They just have it, they might have it just like at somewhere else, whether or wherever it might be. Um, and so, you know, the, the second point that I kind of wanted to point to was um, it wouldn't hurt to have... Um, a couple of lessons with a personal trainer, a coach, um, just to show you the ropes a little bit. So mm -hmm. you know that you, at a, at a very root level, a base level, you know generally what you're doing and what not to do, right? Um, yeah. And it helps twofold in that you kind of know what you're doing and also it makes it so that um, you know you're not ingraining bad habits also. Mm -hmm. So like anytime like I'm looking to learn something new like when I was golfing like I went immediately went to a golf instructor because I was like I don't want to ingrain bad habits and also I have no idea where to even begin so you might as well hire a professional even if it's for, if for even if it's for like three four sessions or so just to get you started on the right foot yeah and what's really um interesting that we hear a lot we actually were Jason and I were just talking about this in the car because we were having a conversation with someone oh, yeah. recently who said yeah you know I really should work with a trainer, but I just don't want to work with somebody now when I'm still like new to it. I want to, I don't want to just waste my time going over the basics with a trainer. So I'll do some stuff on my own and then I'll hire a trainer later. Yeah. And we thought that was so interesting because the basics are, are why you want to hire a trainer. If anything, totally. like if you're only going to use a trainer for a short period of time, it should be in the very beginning when you really don't know what you're doing. Right. Um, because I think, and I think that Hiring a trainer can be intimidating to people. That's true. Like people yeah. could be like, oh, the trainer is going to think that I'm like 
that I don't know anything or they might judge me that I'm out of shape. And so I want to like get in shape before presenting myself to a trainer. Right. I can totally see that, that fear. It's very valid. But if you are feeling that way yourself, we would highly recommend seeking out a trainer early on because they're there. That's what they're there for. They're there to help you, to guide you, to show you, make you feel more comfortable. Unless, I mean, if a trainer makes you feel bad for not having a base level of fitness, do not hire that trainer. <laughs> like, that's yeah. not the right person for you. But find somebody who is more open, more welcoming, seems really nice, um, and, and hire them for at least just a few sessions because they're really going to help you feel more confident and help you feel like you at least know you're not going in and you're not going to hurt yourself on certain exercises and know that you're doing things with good form all yeah that. just do some scouting so just kind of like hang around while you know the trainers are doing their thing and you know i think it's the easiest thing to do is just like go for the person that seems to look the fittest mm. um but it's really important to just see how they interact with their clients and if it seems like the sessions are really fun and they seem really encouraging and they seem to be doing things that just seem right and not either dangerous or flashy just for flashy sake because uh, you see that a lot you see people like jumping on these huge <laughs> boxes with bosu balls flipped the other way around so there's a balance component at the end it's like well what are they teaching them to like squat and deadlift and lunge and mm. do all these like basics first um so yeah definitely making sure that the person jives well with you will help at least on the front end to allay some fears that the person would be judgmental in any regard yeah 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 um, um, and then another thing is like having, so if you can't hire a personal trainer in person, having a program that you're following in some way mm-hmm. just will help you. Because if you just walk into the gym and you're just like, okay, go, like <laughs> you don't actually have a plan. You don't really know what you're supposed to do. You're going to be then again, kind of like worrying about like, are people wondering what I'm doing or I'm not sure what I'm doing. And you're just, those feelings of being intimidated will kind of crop up again. Totally. But if you're like, you have a printout or you have an app or whatever it is, or you have a program in front of you, that's like do 10 squats and then do five pushups or like whatever it is. Like if it's just laid out for you, then you just can feel a little bit more confident. And it it's like, look, I'm following something. Like I'm looking at this thing. I'm not just making this up on my own. Totally. I'm following something that someone wrote for me. And so I think that could also be, if you can't quite, go to the hiring of a personal trainer that could be an intermediary step yeah it helps a lot especially like you know programs are anywhere from four to four plus weeks basically and it just helps to have like this very systematic thing that you seem to be getting better at every single time you go to the gym and there just tends to be a lot of like inherent motivation in that regard um, just to follow something um but yeah that goes hand in hand with just like just having more knowledge um, will basically make it seem a lot less intimidating and a lot less um, of an effort to try to get yourself to the gym. You know, at least at a root level, you have some idea of what you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. cool. I think that, that about answers it. But yeah, if you're if you're feeling intimidated, just know that everyone's probably been there. Everyone in the gym has felt intimidated by it at some point. Yeah. And you're not alone, but you also, you can do this. And you'll the more you go and the more you kind of embrace that fear a little bit, the easier it's going to become. Yeah. Um, fun fact, we are going to release our online programming platform, actually, um, within the next couple of weeks or so. We're working... <laughs> this was an unintentional plug. <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, we're working pretty hard to um, get it released as soon as possible. You know, we have been resistant in the past to put out just kind of like generalized programs. If you notice in previous episodes, if you've been a long-time listener, we've just been like, okay, if you are interested in barbells, 
just go out and like find like Stronglyphs 5x5 or go find this free program online. And we kept wondering to ourselves like, why don't we actually create a resource that people can point to when they ask us like, what kind of programs do we recommend? And I think a lot of it came down to was like, well, we don't want to just put out exercises just and just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we actually found an app that we're working with or a, just a platform that we're working with where they can, um, we can plug, we can video the exercises um, demonstrated by us with coaching cues laid on top of it. And then also not only that, we can also include videos that provide more information, more coaching and more context as well. And so we filmed a lot of videos in addition to the exercise library that talk about, okay, this is how we want you to breathe while you squat. This is how we want you to connect your rib cage to your pelvis during this dead bug exercise. This is how I want you to progress, or this is how I want you to figure out the stance of your deadlift, whether it's going to be a sumo or a modified or a conventional. And we're able to give a lot more direction than just like, hey, follow this program. Mm -hmm. And once we found the right platform to partner with, um, it became much more of a logical step for us as opposed to just putting out a randomized program. And so we're really happy for that. Um, we were a little bit hesitant to just announce it just now because it's not quite ready yet, but we're, uh, we're, <laughs> we're hopefully we'll be ready in the next, uh, next week or two. So, um, just be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. The next question comes from M Kipperberg and they said, when I do glute bridges or squats or deadlifts, I have trouble feeling my butt doing the work. <laughs> um, so basically how to engage your glutes in either like glute bridges or I think we kind of touched on that recently. So maybe we'll focus more on, um, squats and deadlifts, um, how to engage your glutes. Yeah. Basically. I'll go over really quickly the glute bridge aspect. Um, most people when they're glute bridging and they don't feel their glutes, their feet are typically a little bit too far away from their hips. So bring your feet closer to your hips and that should make it so that your hamstrings are in a position where they're less likely to fire, which means that your glutes are a lot more likely to fire. So that's one. And then the second point that we added was try to think about pushing your knees slightly off to the sides as you bridge up. Your glutes are responsible for both hip extension, which happens automatically as you raise your hips up, but also for hip external rotation. So as soon as you push your knees out, it automatically facilitates more of a glute engagement. Okay, so now let's say you're you're doing squats and deadlifts and you've approached the top of the lift and it's tough for you to squeeze your glutes and to really feel them at the top. And you know, a couple things might be happening here. One, you might be in a slightly extended posture with your lower back. And basically, instead of getting hip extension where your hips are coming forward and locking out, you're getting more of a lumbar extension, meaning your hips aren't quite extending your lower back is doing the extension work for you. And that means you'll get a little more pressure on your lower back, a little bit less stress on your glutes. So one way you can think about getting a little bit more glute engagement is at the top of your lifts, making sure that you try to tuck your pelvis under in an effort to get more hip extension rather than lower back extension. So that's number one. Number two, what we try to do is we actually have people take their shoes off. We have them take their shoes off because it really helps to get the feet Um, a little bit more aware of the floor and its surroundings. And from there, what we have them do is get their feet relatively straight ahead. And we have them really firmly grip the floor with their feet. Now, we don't want them to claw their toes. We don't want them like to like curl up on their toes, but have their feet really firmly planted into the floor as if someone was, uh, was about to push them over and they were just trying to hold their ground. Now, from that firmly planted position, we have them lock their hips, lock their knees out so they're standing tall, 
and we have them think about rotating their kneecaps out to the sides. And again, that's external rotation, and that's going to trigger a glute response because they're the primary, they're one of the primary roles is for hip external rotation. So if you think about it, just really think about firmly planting your feet into the ground and then kind of like corkscrewing your knees out to the sides. The big part is making sure that your feet are planted because otherwise your feet are just gonna slide off to the sides and we don't want that. We wanna anchor the feet and then move the knees on top of it. Do you have anything else to add on that front? Um, those would be my suggestions. Cool, yeah. So try, <laughs> try out the, the, the lower back, um, like tucking your hips under first. Mm. And the secondary thing would be to take off your shoes so your feet can really anchor into the ground and then try rotating your kneecaps out to the sides at the top um, uh, of the movement. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. cool. Sorry, I didn't have anything to add. You just explained it so perfectly. <laughs> uh, so I couldn't even. I know. I couldn't even add. Um, okay. And then the last one is from Paige Whitford underscore fitness. And they said, I'm aware that I have an anterior pelvic tilt and have been working on correcting this. Unfortunately, I have a desk job and sit a good portion of the day, even though I try to consciously get up and move. What are your tips to correcting pelvic tilt? Also with the pelvic tilt, what are some ways I can strengthen my lower abdomen without recruiting my hip flexors? Okay. Good this question. is a good question. So just explain anterior pelvic tilt for anybody who doesn't know what it is. Um, it's kind of actually what Jason was referring to at the top of a deadlift or a squat. It's basically being overly extended in your lower back so that it's, well, the tilt is referring to your pelvis, which mm -hmm. is basically like your pelvis is kind of like dumped forward. So your lower back is arched and your rib cage is typically a little bit flared, meaning you're kind of like open through your torso a little bit. Yeah. One good um, analogy I heard was like, Imagining a bowl of water yeah. and imagine the water kind of like tipping out in front yeah. and you're, you're, the bowl is basically your pelvis. Kind of imagining in that situation of like your, your pelvis is tipping forward. Yeah. So yeah. it's like your butt sticking out and your pelvis, pelvis is tipping forward. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, yes, the lower back is extending, but on the other side, your hip flexors are shortening. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, cool. So, you know, going into anterior pelvic tilt, um, I think the big thing to note is that anterior pelvic tilt is inherently like there's nothing wrong with it inherently mm -hmm. is basically what i want to say well and everybody has it to a degree yeah right? yeah like, yeah almost everyone has it to a degree yeah um and it's more of a situation where let's say you're squatting and deadlifting and that pelvic tilt tends to increase i think that would be more of an issue than just having a little bit more of a pronounced arch in the lower back to begin with, right? Yeah, we, definitely. We try to advocate for a flatter back situation, but if someone has a little bit of a more pronounced arch, uh, we're not too concerned about it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, like, anterior pelvic tilt became a buzzword um, probably like 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, and it became very, like, scary to have anterior pelvic yeah. tilt. <laughs> um, and then it was like, everyone had anterior pelvic tilt. <laughs> and then we started to realize, like, wait, what is, like... What is it about it that's actually harmful? Right. And it's only, like you were saying, like there's only a couple cases or scenarios where it actually becomes like you're putting yourself at risk. Totally. For, for an injury potentially. Yeah. Um, but for someone who has just like a very slight arch in their lower back in general, but like they don't have any pain and they move really well and they're able to squat, they're able to deadlift, they don't have pain, like we wouldn't get like overly concerned about it to the point where you're like, I... I need to like fix this before I lift ever again. Totally. Um, yeah. But if you are noticing that like at the top of your deadlifts or while you lift, like you're having a little bit of discomfort in your lower back, like that's definitely a, a sign that maybe you are in an excessive anterior tilt and you do want to actually address it. Yeah. And you know, the common recommendation for addressing anterior pelvic tilt is to 
stretch out the hip flexors and engage the glutes and engage the core. And, you know, we agree with that to a certain extent, um, but I think it would be a lot more helpful to also integrate some more just overall mindfulness and attention to detail with alignment at during your movements. So during exercises like at the top of your squats and at, at the top of your deadlifts or if you're about to do a military press and you're standing up, we, we really want you to think about getting your pelvis uh, tucked under so that you get your glutes and abs engaged and also really firmly pressing into the floor with your lower body and really locking your knees out. And really this is just training your body to get out of that position of anterior pelvic tilt and more in a position where it's stacked. That's more what we're concerned yeah. about. We want you to be stacked so now you have better leverage. And when you have better leverage, that leads to a better foundation for you to then press or deadlift or whatever you want to do out of it from. Um, but that's that's basically the gist of how we like to approach anterior pelvic tilt. Yes, doing some hip flexor stretching. Yes, doing some glute activation and doing some core work. But making sure you're really just being mindful of it throughout your exercise and just like your general daily life if this is something that you want to address. Yeah, I it's, think it's like, it can be a, not very helpful to just say like, if you have anterior pelvic tilt, um, strengthen your abs and stretch your hip flexors. Yeah. Like that's not actually that helpful because we don't, you're not saying how to strengthen your abs, like what ab exercises to do. And so when we're addressing kind of like overall alignment and we're noticing that somebody does have excessive anterior pelvic tilt, we're not like, okay, we need to do crunches because we need to train your abs. Like yeah. instead we're actually like, how can we get you in the alignment that we're looking for, like in an optimal alignment and then create strength around that optimal alignment. Totally. Yeah. Right. And so that's why we talk so much about doing things like marching and dead bugs and exercises that are kind of like on the floor core exercises where you're maintaining spinal alignment and moving your legs or moving your arms. Um, instead of just like train your abs. Yeah, because like when people think about training their abs, they're probably thinking about sit-ups sit and crunches. crunches yeah. And it's actually probably going to make um, your pelvic tilt even a little bit more pronounced because it's shortening your hip flexors. Right. And I think that was part of the question. It's like, how do I strengthen my abs without engaging my hip flexors? Mm. And we like to do our ab work, quote-unquote, with things like Lauren just mentioned, dead bugs and marching and stuff like that because not only does it strengthen the abs – but it also helps you get better awareness with alignment and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And even like, even something like a plank is going to be really helpful That's if true. done properly, but not necessarily if done incorrectly, which is like, it's hard to know unless you have somebody watching you or if you're, if you can take a video or a picture of yourself from the yeah. side, because if you're doing a plank with an anterior pelvic tilt, then you're just kind of solidifying your position. Yeah. You're right? like, this is the position that I'm strengthening. Yeah. Basically. So if somebody's just like, do a plank and you don't even realize that you're in a pelvic tilt in your plank, then that's not actually going to be helping the situation either. Right. So it's, it's very like, it's not enough to just say like strengthen your abs and glutes and stretch your, stretch your hip flexors. Like yeah. You need to have specific strategies to go to. And most of it is set your alignment first and then see if you can build strength around that. Right. And there's a similar, it's a similar approach to what we do with uh, people that have flat feet. And again, mm -hmm. having flat feet isn't like a, like a recipe for like having plantar fasciitis <laughs> right. and stuff like that. Um, but we do like the idea of having a bit of an arch because it allows you to stack better and allows you to get better leverage and allows for less of a chance for energy leaks. And, you know, there are all sorts of like foot strengthening drills, like grabbing a towel with your foot or grabbing marbles with your foot. That's important, but it's also important to make sure that while you're squatting and you're deadlifting and you're lunging and doing really any exercise where you're static, to maintain that foot arch position that you've just trained. 
Otherwise, if you're doing all that foot strengthening work and then squatting with collapsed arches and deadlifting with collapsed arches and doing even like cardio drills with collapsed arches, then more than likely it's going to not yield a great benefit because you're counteracting all of it. Exactly. Yeah. So just be, just be mindful. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I think that's about it. All right. Well, those are all of our answers to your burning questions for today. Thank you so much for submitting them. And if you have a question of your own, you can send us a DM on Instagram at Achieve Fitness Boston. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review on iTunes, we would be very grateful for that. And until next time, peace, love, and, and muscles. muscles.